0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Gentlemen, it's great to have you in the studio again this week. It's a privilege for me. And uh, sometimes I work here alone in the studio and it gets uh, a bit um, like I need some company. So it's great to have you here. Thanks for coming. Um, today we have an interesting discussion on the table. It's kind of related to last week's discussion, where we're talking about those who never heard of Jesus and, and pass away, pass on. Um, but let's specifically talk today about some of the words of Jesus. You know that he's quoted, indeed, as, as saying that he was the way, the truth, the life— that no one could come to the Father except through him. And we want to kind of talk that through today. Uh, What about these uh, exclusive claims of Jesus Christ? First of all, maybe we can review what does the Bible teach? In simple terms, do the Scriptures say Mm -hmm. about this issue? Yeah, the Scriptures simply say,
1: as you pointed out, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The apostles said there's salvation in no other, for there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Mm. And so what we have here is Jesus is coming, and he's coming to die as a sacrifice for our sins. And that's the only thing that could stay the wrath of God, is the perfect Lamb of God, true God, true man, dying as a sacrifice and then rising three days later. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's salvation in any other way, why on earth did he have to die? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what we have in the Garden of
2: Gethsemane. Christians have believed this through the centuries, um, and you really don't find any significant dissent from that by any Christian. Well, origin in the early uh, church believed in a kind of of, uh, automatic universalism based on the atonement of Christ. Uh, but he never said it was apart from Christ. Right. Uh, but as you go through through history, almost all Christians have, have agreed, and have, it's been a, a point uh, of agreement, so you can call it a true consensus. Down through the centuries, they believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, up until we find maybe in the 17th century when there is a serious departure. And um, then it was not widely broadcast. They thought Christianity was superior. But when we get to the 20th century, in the latter part of the 20th century, it seems like the floodgates have been uh, uh, released. And we have all kinds of uh, of views about what salvation is or is not. And moreover, to be exclusive in any way, shape or form is a sin against the modern world if there ever was a sin.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think especially what John is talking about there is
1: people who claim to be Christians are, are now making these kind of outlandish statements. I mean, even in the early church, you get Paul going to to Athens and, and preaching on Mars Hill. In Acts chapter 17, he starts telling them about, uh, well, you have a, a statue to the unknown God. I'm going to tell you who the unknown God is. And then he, as he goes and preaches, he says, therefore, since God has really revealed himself in Jesus Christ, we shouldn't think of God as all these idols and all the other pantheon of gods mm-hmm, that you are mm-hmm. believing. And the the Romans hated the early Christians and actually called them atheists. Because they only believed in Jesus and didn't oh, believe yes. in all the other gods, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking of Polycarp. I the great story of Polycarp, mm-hmm. how when they went to execute him, he he was eighty eighty six years old, and he they he said, oh. uh, uh, "Just, we'll spare you." Just. Just say away with the atheists, and so he looked at everybody and he said, "Away with the
2: atheists!" You know? he, pointed <laughs> the he, he, says, he
0: pointed to the crowd.
1: He pointed to the crowd.
3: Eighty and
2: six years, he said, "I have served my lord." That's right. And uh, he <laughs> gave his testimony. Then they said, "We want you to just swear allegiance yeah. uh, to the gods and to Caesar, and uh, and uh, but uh, say away with the atheists." And they called mm-hmm. they called anyone who would not receive the many gods an atheist. Yeah. That's the point of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, that's almost where we're at today. When we
1: we stand up and we say, Christ is the only way. Instead of calling us atheists, what do
2: they call us? Uh, Narrow-minded. Narrow-minded <laughs> minded and bigoted or whatever. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, there is a question that we have to address today. Uh, uh, and let's put it from an academic standpoint, that you would hear maybe a moderate to liberal seminary professor put to his students Can we today in the modern world of diversity and multiculturalism continue to hold on to the exclusivity of salvation in Jesus Christ? Have we not, if you will, evolved beyond that point where it isn't one road
0: that leads to heaven, but every road leads to heaven? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, before we take the break, I'm just reminded of um, a school down on Long Island I was at uh, a while ago attending a graduation Without knocking the school, I think it's uh, rampant in other schools as well that uh, there's almost a spirit on campus where um, you get the feeling that anything goes. And if you don't go along with the idea that there's different strokes for different folks, different faiths, different religions, and they're all equal, then something's wrong with you. And, you know, you won't get any persecution being a Christian, but you may get some uh, raised eyebrows if you say, yeah, but Christ is the only way to God. That you're really not allowed to say today in academia. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would agree. There's, would no, agree. there's, no, there's no statement, so yeah. maybe I was right. I don't know. <laughs>
2: well, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> no, yeah, what, yeah, what is you would be you would be ridiculed out of class? Or even in some yeah. worst-case yeah. scenario, you would be uh, punished for it. You might be yes. sent to a
0: diversity training course. <laughs> oh, sure. Sure. Those are very popular today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, stay with us. Today, we're talking about the exclusivity of the Christian message, uh, that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We're talking about the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. John, I think um, during the break you mentioned uh, maybe a story or two uh, examples. I think it was InterVarsity, Campus Crusade. Of course, uh, we live in, in the day
2: of multiculturalism and diversity. It means those, those two terms were actually invented, I think, to to uh, attack Christianity. Uh, ultimately, it's an attack upon American heritage and Christianity. But let's use those terms for a moment. On the college campus today, they've taken it to the extreme where I know of at least four colleges and universities. I'll name a couple of them. Vanderbilt, Rutgers, Harvard, uh, Rollins College, actually, down in Florida. Uh, these institutions and about ten more have decided that a Christian organization on campus, if it's credentialed and can get space on campus, they must open up their leadership to non-Christians. We need to broadcast that, of course, to their alumni, many of whom are Christians and would would, Mm -hmm. uh, seek some quick change on the matter. But the thing is, they would never think of doing that with a Muslim group on campus. That's a good point. Or a Jewish group on campus. No. It is only the evangelical Christian groups on campus that insist uh, that leadership matters and that belief in Christ, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, is a truth, or as Francis Schaeffer used to say, a true truth, that they hold to, uh, that they are trying to almost destroy and kick them off campus. The irony of that is...
1: If you were to go, for example, to a Muslim nation and try to push that standard, the Muslims are less tolerant, much less tolerant, and you could lose your head for professing Jesus Christ in many Muslim nations. Whereas, uh, what does a Christian do uh, for those who disagree with them? A Christian doesn't cut their head off, they pray for them, they, they pray for care for them, they They're kind to them. They try to win them uh, by persuasive arguments. And so
2: (laughs) an example of that, Mark, is in Saudi Arabia recently, where uh, I think the figure was 66, but in the 60-70 range, uh, Somali Christians behind closed doors, no external Christian symbolism whatsoever, internal in a prayer meeting. Were attacked and dragged out and by the uh, the uh, this this police that go around and uh, they were beaten in public mm. for holding right. and put in and put in prison. So yes, but our left in this country is becoming very very intolerant. <laughs> Absolutely, think where they're going. That is an irony. There, yeah. there is a there is a, in leftism there is a totalitarianism. Absolutely. that you can see more and more, and the intolerance is growing. Uh, There is, if you will, and I think the Puritans were pretty tolerant, but if there is a new Puritanism, it's not on the right, it's on the left.
0: Absolutely. So they they preach diversity, but it's diversity for everything but the Christian faith, it it seems.
2: seems. Well, there's really no diversity at all, if you realize that in these newsrooms and in these university campuses Mm -hmm. where there is a conformity, a rigid conformity beyond anything you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You
0: must toe the uh, political line Boy. now i'm hey. just uh, thinking back to some scriptures again and um jesus words are, are troublesome not to me but to those who um don't think that he's the only way but there's there's other words that were troublesome from his mouth who troubled the religious leaders in his day um one of these statements is found in john 10 where he says i and my father are one What did he mean by that? Well,
1: basically, obviously, he's claiming to be God, and uh, he is, uh, with that statement, affirming his deity, and and then also, of course, what he's trying to affirm uh, to the people there and and always to us is his ability to actually save us by that sacrifice Mm -hmm. on the cross that was going to come soon. And so... He's also revealing to us who God is, and that's the thing. Where do we start? Is God a construct of the human mind, or is God an objective creator of all things, Hmm. and the creator of the human being?
2: Who's creator, man or God? Mm -hmm. Well, on on, uh, uh, the college campus, the student would say, you have your way and I have mine. You have your truth and I have my truth. Well, that's that's man creating God. And uh, of course it is. But if I happen to believe that the earth revolves around the sun, uh, I believe that that is a truth, and I hold to it. There is also another way to get knowledge and data, and that's through special revelation. And God has revealed himself to be one, and that he's revealed himself supremely and uniquely in Jesus Christ. And so that doesn't come from the natural world. That, is, that comes from the supernatural world, if you will, God's revelation. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is general revelation. There is special revelation. And Christians simply believe that there are two sources for knowledge and that right. I believe in the one God who's revealed himself in Jesus Christ is a truth. And, and, uh, and the Christian then logically believes that anything that contradicts that uh, is just that in contradiction. You can't right. have another truth that's directly opposite of that.
3: Exactly. It's that simple.
2: It's just logic. The law of mm-hmm. non-contradiction. Yes, yeah, the law <laughs> of non-contradiction. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The real yeah. question comes up uh, is, uh, you know, you disrespect me if you don't accept me the way I am in my practices and my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Well, my respect for a person does not depend upon how well they're able to grasp certain issues and so forth. Uh, My respect for them is because they are created in the image of God, and I do believe they're my equal. Uh, But I do not have to agree with people, for instance, who believe that the sun revolves around the earth to respect them. I don't have to adopt that position. Well, the same way in Christianity. I don't have to adopt the position that Jesus is just one God among many That's the point. If God is who he
1: is, and if he's revealed himself, the mighty creator of the universe, we would expect he would have revealed himself. And we have his special revelation in Jesus becoming man. We also have his special revelation in his word, the Bible, that we have. And so we have an objective, and that's an important thing, an objective information Mm -hmm. about who God is. It's not subjective. That's when man creates God. That's all subjective. That's how I feel, how I feel about God. Well, how you feel about God may be – how do you feel about anything? It changes all
2: the time. I had a sermon uh, once I preached, and I don't remember exactly what I preached, but I do remember saying in there that we believe Christianity because it's true. And I had a uh, college professor to come up afterwards who was, by the way, a member of the church – And he came up afterwards and he said, you said that we believe Christianity because it's true. He says, I believe Christianity because it's my heritage and it's what I've been taught. What about all these other people? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we dealt with that last week. (laughs) But nonetheless, that is the problem today. Uh, It's difficult for people to believe in truth. Mm. And that is. Jesus said, I am the way,
1: the truth, and the life. Mm. And of course, when... He was before Pilate. Then Pilate immediately says, what is truth? Which mm-hmm. shows a Pilate's worldview <laughs> there mm-hmm. as well.
2: There's one other thing. Uh, this uh, view, the political uh, cant and norm today is infecting our churches, even many yeah. of our evangelical really churches. Is. There's no yeah. question. And I do discover that, uh, that uh, many people uh, would not hold to what we're talking about here today, even though they come from a tradition that holds to that. Yeah. So we are, in a real sense, in a uh, spiritual warfare at at this point and over this issue in this country. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's a real sad thing because that's one of the reasons why we need another great awakening in this nation. Because we've compromised so much of the truth about God. And as you say, it is truth. It is objective, you know, to say, well, hey, you know, God is a God of love. What does that mean? Well, it means he's going to take and accept anything. You know, my wife... Is a wonderful, loving woman, but guess what? If I were on Valentine's Day, had taken some flowers and given them to uh, a woman she was working with, and not to her, mm. she would have rightfully knocked my block off. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know. Right. And yet we turn around to God and say, "Hey, please, you need to accept, however we treat you." Yes, and. To me, that's the epitome of absurdity. I'm almost beyond words, because to me, that thing is so stupid to look at God and say, you've got to accept the Mm -hmm. way I treat you, even though you're a mighty God and you've told me what you want and things like that. And then I turn around and just
2: make you whatever I want to make you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. The future of the Christian church uh, in America depends on getting back to... It's belief that Jesus, indeed, is who he said Mm -hmm. uh, he was and is. And wherever you don't find that, you're finding that the church is not only being secularized, but they are losing their numbers in vast, even alarming rates. Mm. Uh, People think today if you preach the gospel, you will lose the culture. No, it's just the other way around.
0: You preach the gospel, you will gain the culture. I'm uh, I'm back reading the uh, book of John here again, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, this time. It's talking about Jesus having healed a man. Um, then Jesus withdraws, um, goes, um, there was a multitude in the place, it says, John 5, 13, 14. Then it says, Jesus uh, found himself afterward in the temple, said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departs, tells Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. And for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. So, of course, that was a complication. He, he healed on the Sabbath day. But I here's the point. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he had not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Um, So Jesus was very special. Um, He claimed to be God. Um, And so this is a very important part of the picture here. This is truth. Uh, Jesus claimed to be God, and that's why they wanted to kill him. He is Lord. In saying he's God,
1: he is Lord. I can't help but think of C.S. Lewis and all these people who – tried to say that Jesus, well, he was just a good man. C.S. Lewis, I think, summarized it when he said, he's not a good man. Jesus is either, he's a liar, or he's a lunatic, or he is Lord. Mm-hmm. To say
2: he's a good man doesn't cut it. Not a lot of options, are there? Yeah. No. no. And, but, of course, the very first creedal statement in the Bible in the New Testament is a very simple one. Jesus is Lord. Mm. Three words.
0: Right. Mm. Now, are we being proud or stubborn or arrogant by holding to the idea that Christ is the way to salvation? You know, that that is an excellent question because
2: it is uh, where the criticism comes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've thought a lot about this because of uh, my background and so forth. Uh, would I think that a person is arrogant and... and um, person is stubborn and recalcitrant uh if for instance they were managed their money in a different way than i did and they actually made money <laughs> uh, and my way was inferior would that person not look at my way and say you know i still respect you and i hope you do well but i think you're on the wrong path in the mm-hmm. way you go about trying to invest your money mm-hmm. yeah you're getting nothing for reward jesus talks about people bearing their talents and so forth but the wise man who knows how to invest, uh, y- you don't even apply the category of honor or proud or whatever. What you're saying here is that this person has a better understanding of the way to go about investing their money. Well, all Christians are saying is, I, I don't disrespect you, and I don't dishonor you, and I don't think I'm proud because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because I've encountered him, and I've come to know him through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And... um it, it is that simple. So I don't even think the the category of pride or whatever even enters into it. It's just uh, a, a different base of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it is. I look at this kind of argument and people saying that there's always – I cannot help but think, you know, about Thomas Alva Edison when he was inventing the light bulb and it's, I guess he went through 10,000 different ways <laughs> and none of them worked and he finally hit yeah. the one way. Now, to to say that always lead to to God is almost like saying all ten thousand ways will give you a light bulb. Mm-hmm. No, no, just the one way got him a light bulb. Right. Or the other thing is to say, well, no, no ways will get you a light bulb. Well, the fact of the matter is, he did invent the light bulb. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: um, Alvin Plantinga, the f- famous uh, Christian philosopher. Uh, has pointed out that the woman, the grandmother in Iowa who gets down and prays and believes that she has an encounter with Jesus and that he hears his prayers needs no other justification for believing in Jesus that's right. than the fact that she has come to know him. Yeah. Mm. And uh, that's properly basic, he says, and there's no one can take that away from you. Uh, Christians are not haughty. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, some may be like everybody else. But all, all we're saying is we've come to know Christ. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, I would like for you to come to know him, too. Not because I'm better than you or I'm smarter than you or even dumber than
0: you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it is simply because I've encountered him yes. and I know his grace. Yes. Well, today we've been talking about Jesus and uh, his claim to be the way, the truth, and the life. Perhaps you have a question for one of these fine pastors. We would invite you to contact us via email that address for your question is ministry at org. Quick reminder that this episode of A Plain Answer is up on our website. Please visit it. Our address there is RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Also, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.